For the record, with Dan Gordon and Maya Billick on FBI Radio. Got my mind racing Play the pop up But fuck it Now I'm impatient They positive I'm negative That's what they say But they don't know What we live through On a day to day basis Tired of racism And oppression I'm not staying In this lockbox And accepting Them neglecting The fact that we Fucked up and forgetting That we heading For a tragic ending Independent On whether or not This blacks get violent We're sick of sitting silent While these tyrants triumph Sick of screaming sirens Lighting up the night Vibrant Invasion got us all fucked up. Your heroes ain't my heroes, so your one's up. Cook never brought their son up. Got no question in my parents, hey, they brought their son up. In a society that didn't want me to achieve, but I'm here and I won't leave. So please take your seats, but keep it tickets. Cause you're gonna be pissed off with the way I spit it. I'm kidding. Take this shit with a grain of salt. I'm black like pepper, better realize I'm not saying what you want. I'm saying what needs to be said. Needs to be said, needs to be drilled in your head. There's lies filling your head. I straw broke the camel's back. 200 years of oppression and somehow we still hope for blacks Now how fucked up is that? Forced to forget facts, uh, but there's no turning back We went to war for a country that wanted us dead If you don't let us sit at your table, how we gon' break bread? We just want this to end, want this to end We just want this to end, Hey, We just want this to end as West Coast Eagles player Nick Natanui for a school costume day, deciding to paint his skin brown. She'd been warned it was a horrible idea, but said she was glad she threw a set of balls and went through with it. The mother also added that there were too many politically correct extremists these days. The child actually ended up winning the book with parade. Our black skin is not a costume for you to assume Damn right I ain't got room to be amused We ain't amused for your amusement You were born as a heaven sent Half of my kin wasn't born as human So excuse the new sister dealing with our feelings It's appealing black skin comes with some glass ceilings So you think you're queen and you really Just the meaning, the meaning Of the being of another human being What's the meaning of all this hate? You think you celebrate But you ain't even related to the state of the black fate So tell me what's behind your son's black face White skin, he can never embrace the struggle Within. See the difference between your children and Nick Nah Is they can go to school with their books in their backpack Go on in the metal for their skin, you paint black Head home, take a shower, cleanse their skin and that's that But we can never take our black off Parents can never get back their children that was lost I mean stole from their home You paint your skin black but you don't wear it as your own Australia, grow a fucking backbone I ain't beating around the bush no more Settle the score you choose to ignore We were here before, time to wipe the floor clean No sham well, got me wondering how in 20 16, we got white people speaking on behalf of we, your black entertainment. I know you like goods better as a footy player. Uh, and Eddie Betts be a monkey at best. As long as the 70 others behave themselves, you love them just like the rest. Give it a rest, it's been weighing on my chest. Why white pieces always move first in chess? Why is black the appropriate funeral dress? And my country don't care about people in distress. Black is not a costume, black is not a face. I'm an educated black man, I don't know my place. Black is not a costume, black. Black is not a face, I'm an educated black man. Uh, my best friend had the baby, got me thinking. I wanted to grow up in a world that needs convincing that the greater race is somehow entertainment. The fact we need persuading, or the fact we keep debating, we got grown people acting dumb. Parents, please, parents, you're young. And see your daughters and sons. Black face is not a costume. Find another one. We be DJ Khaled. We need another one. Aaliyah age ain't nothing but a number. Race ain't nothing but a color. So even though your dad's white, he's still my brother. And no matter what they say, I always love you. I ain't 
spread hate, I spread love for one another. See the same hate for race. It's the same hate to tell a leader stay in a place. But fuck that, baby girl, do your thing. This ain't PC. This is easy. Please believe me, this ain't PC. This is return of the Mac, the return of the black. The empire strike back. Cause we in here going back to back. Wouldn't be astray without another face painted black. Uh, but now it's back to that. Back to telling blacks like how to act. Racially abusers tell us how to react. I'm yelling, fuck that, you need to check your facts. Fight for the rights of whites to wear black face. Don't fight for the rights of those to black face. Man, it's such a disgrace. We need to learn our history, need to learn our place. Cause black is not a costume, black is not a face. I'm an educated black man, I don't know my place. Black is not a costume, black is not a face. I'm an educated black man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know my place. Hey, hey. I don't know my place. Australia Day. What is Australia Day? Don't you mean Invasion Day? It means different things to different people. For us, it means survival. Invasion Day. Our survival. Survival Day. And celebrations of survival of one of the oldest cultures, if not the oldest culture on Earth. Racism. I think a joke. It's really sad. My gut drops. It's a fact that they celebrate that day that we lost all that we had. Yeah. It's a meal. It's insensitive, to say the least. An offence. It's everything at once. Brotherhood, sisterhood, clan, mob, strength. It does bring up a lot of hurt, a lot of heartache. It's like somebody that comes into your house, does horrible things to your family, and they're like, oh, dude, we're going to, like, have, like, a party and have a barbecue and listen to Triple J. Yeah, and we're going to put it on the date we turned up. And you're like... That's kind of sadistic. Sadistic, 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 sadistic. For the record, would like to acknowledge that today's show is taking place and being broadcast on unceded Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and to you if you are a First Nations person tuning into FBI Radio right now, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. You're tuned into For the Record here on FBI Radio 94.5. And today we have the pleasure of listening to the Ziggy Rama record, Black Thoughts. Absolute ripper of an album, searing, full of confidence, sharp, witty. Yeah, and I think just like really to the point, and that is probably one of my favourite things about the album is how brutally blunt it is at times, and I think that that is something that we we need a bit more of, you know, people really kind of getting to the core of their points and not really ever fumbling around. I kind of like as well how it is a long, and I guess classically in that sense in hip-hop, like a long record with interludes peppered throughout. 
I guess it's very classical hip hop in that sense. It's 16 tracks, they're all sharp to the point. There are interludes as well throughout, and I'm so excited to be going through this record on For the Record today. Now, up the top, we listen to the beginning of the end, right after that one, into Blackface, Interlude Survival Day, after that, and then White Lies. If you don't know too much about Ziggy Ramo, he is a Sydney via Arnhem Land rapper who grew up in Perth and was studying pre-medicine before he decided to pursue a rap career instead. said that he was really inspired by some of the messages of early classic US hip-hop and it definitely resonates throughout the, the ring of his music. Yeah, now Ziggy Ramo is a name I guess that you've probably heard here and there. He's been honestly around for ages and the first time that I guess we all caught wind of him was in about 2016 when he first dropped the Black Thoughts EP which a few of the tracks on Black Thoughts the album uh, come from and I guess what's really important to ring home today and in the story of Black Thoughts the album is how originally this album was written and done five years ago and then Ziggy decided to just shelve everything and it was only really put out on a whim and in the sudden wake of the George Floyd protests in America and the effect that the Black Lives Matter movement has had here locally and the protests across Australia, which is pretty compelling stuff that should tell you everything about the themes on this record that unfortunately, even though it might all be five years old, it's just as relevant and important listening today. Yeah, and like Maya said, he originally wrote and recorded this album around five or so years ago, and then it was shelved, uh, and a little note that he has written. He said he was in a dark place, and on Suicide Watch, it was his obituary. I wanted to document my thoughts so that our stories could be heard after I was gone. With love and support of family and friends, I was able to rediscover hope. This album is very healing for me but I never put it out because I knew as a country we weren't ready to listen. And I feel like it's it seems like a very, very brave move putting it out now, and I know that it, that that's a, might be a weird thing to say given that it's obviously a very timely manner to release this album, but I feel like that could almost be flipped and it, it might be a little bit, you know, too personal to put out or too hard or too difficult for him, but I think that him being able to overcome that and release a record like this in such a, you know, terrible, terrible time must have been like a massive weight off his shoulders. Yeah, and also I guess a lot of the thought that would have gone into some of his apprehension was thinking, okay, if we as a country aren't ready to listen to a record like this, if I put this out, am I going to be pigeonholed into... Like he says in one of these lyrics, as a conscious rapper, as an indigenous rapper, and have the words indigenous and rapper always uh, together versus just being respected for his craft and his integrity and his musicianship. Um, and then I guess on the other side of that coin, thinking about like, well, I hope you would hope that people wouldn't perceive this as someone seizing a moment for the wrong reasons, and I don't think it is at all. No, I don't think it is at all either. I, I feel like it's... You know, even if you take the context of what the lyrics are talking about, it's an album's album in every sense of the word. And I think that that added on top only adds to the integrity and merit of the record. And I think that he, you know, has released something that he genuinely should be really, really proud of. And it's a kind of album that doesn't really come along very often in Australian music. And I think for that reason, everything else in the world that's going on right now aside, this album is going to stand the test of time, I think. It's going to be revisited and I reckon definitely look back in not only your end of year list for 2020, but this probably could have been the best thing that Ziggy Ramo did for himself, if not only to set free a dark point of time for himself but also to really get people listening like us and keep them interested and keen to learn and grow from this album which is its whole intent to start a conversation underneath us while we've been talking you've been hearing the title track to the ziggy ramo album black thoughts and now we're going to go into april 25th 
do listen to the lyrics on this one. April 25th, how real is this? Love the Anzacs, we all love the Anzacs. Screaming April 25th, how real is this? Love the Anzacs, but we hate those whack blacks. Fuck those whack blacks, screaming. Fuck those whack blacks. Fuck those whack blacks, screaming. Fuck those whack blacks. Fuck those whack blacks, screaming. Fuck those whack blacks. Fuck those whack blacks, but we love the Anzacs. Uh, what you gotta be sorry for? You wasn't here before. No savage blacks from the seashores. It's free people. You weren't here when they were not equal, and now they surely are. So fuck they cross generational traumatic scars. Tired of holding their hand and giving out cars. I heard they get money from the government. So tell me why the fuck are they still struggling? Fuck those whack blacks screaming. Fuck those whack blacks. Fuck those whack blacks screaming. Fuck those whack blacks. Fuck those whack blacks screaming. Fuck those whack blacks. Fuck those whack blacks. But we love the Anzacs. Uh, what you gotta be proud for? You wasn't on the shores of Gallipoli. Neither you or me gave out life. So how can you take solace in they sacrifice? Something doesn't add up. Something's not sounding right. Lest we forget, unless they were black, then suddenly we start erasing all the facts. You didn't give your life. You weren't an Anzac. If you gonna love your soldiers, you gotta love the blacks. But you fly your flag, water off your back. If this don't make sense and you lost your way, just remember how much you hated when I say, fuck those Anzacs screaming, fuck those Anzacs, fuck those Anzacs screaming, fuck those Anzacs, fuck those Anzacs screaming, fuck those Anzacs, fuck those Anzacs. Now how fucked up is that? Now how fucked up is that? We pick and choose our history, we rearrange the facts. We fought for a country that didn't see us as humans fast for 50 years and we still seen as nuisance. We didn't know our places, a second race, second rate opportunities. We should be grateful for, but why for a country that constantly chooses to ignore 50,000 years of history before you hit our shores? So if you hold your heart for the insects, you accept the history, both white and black. We can't take it back. We can't take it back. We can't take it back. We love the Anzacs. Learn to love the blacks. Screaming, learn to love the blacks. The way you love our Anzacs. Learn to love our blacks. The way you love the Anzacs. Screaming, learn to love the blacks. The way you love the Anzacs. We can't take it back. We can't take it back. Hey. At the white man's school, what are the children taught? Are they told of the battles our people fought? Are they told how our people died? Are they told why our people cried? Australia's true history is never read, but the black man keeps it in his head. You can feel my rage, yeah I'm red hot You either get my point, or you get point blank shot Cause I ain't forgot, you see black lives is nuisance Broke your own laws, suspended constitutions Fueled by hate, strapped up ready for war But mama told me love's the only thing we're fighting for, uh but I ain't felt hope in a long time Black lives ain't made nothing in a long time So I'm all up on your face On your palate how it tastes When it take another life to go to waste For y'all to get up to date With the state of inequality between race But it's not about black and white It's about all humans getting basic human rights So I swallow my pride and look you in the eye Give you my time even if I never change nothing My people always equal So we always stand for something Stand for something We stand for something We stand for something We stand for something Knock, knock, standing at your door Like Jehovah Witness I could be the greatest Just like Hovah Spitting but I ain't give a fuck if you ain't ready to listen Cause our people losing lives, yeah, fuck the system Government ain't never gave a fuck about us They stole our youth, so now we drowning in the fountain Black voices never heard upon your TV Black thoughts caught your ears, so now you motherfuckers hear me 
Howard saved so many lives with gun laws But I'm shooting hoes like who they right I saved my black balls Please, won't you aborigines be polite? Only white life's worth saving And that ain't right So fuck it, this discussion is disgusting Mind racing, next racist wrists I'll slit and have gushing Now I'm locked in a cell And my education means nothing Even though they said sorry It never changed nothing It changed nothing it changed nothing I stand for something Stand for something Hey. Over half my peers more likely to see prison Than to get an education How's that life worth living? How's that life worth living? We stand for something The whole freedom ride is not so much for the white people. On my mind, my, my deeper objective was for Aboriginal people to realise, hey, listen, second class is not good enough, you know? You don't have to always be first class, but don't always be second class. And don't cop shit, you know, when you don't have to. And you don't have to live on river banks and in shanty huts and at the end of a road where there's rubbish tip. Live in town. And you don't have to have cop these white men sneaking around pinching Aboriginal women at night, you know? Sitting down the front of picture theatres, not being able to sit in a restaurant, you know, we'll allow you as an Aboriginal to sit in a restaurant. That's, that's not on. Not on. Won't ever let them tell you that you're secondary. We survived the genocide, we legendary. So don't you ever hang your head in shame Even if they stole your culture Even if they stole your name Even if they stole your skin Black history will never be in vain Cause when they told us to fold We stood straight We will never break I will never hesitate To tell a motherfucker to Go and get they facts straight Push us to break it Don't understand why we get angry For the first time in your life Try and understand me Self-determination Which you take for granted Was stolen for us So fuck it I'm not standing for no racist anthem You were young and you were free We are locked up young and left for dead in custody And even if we beat a system that's set to fail We will never escape the fairy tale That was portrayed by the media since Cook first set sail I'm nothing but a savage Want me to break the cycle and carry my baggage They like me better if I shut my mouth and kick a ball They like me better if I was a bit more thankful They like me better if I didn't overtruth but I refuse to lose another black youth to a nation That doesn't know the first thing about they black population I'm just saying, I'll be the whitest aborigine So if I get discrimination, what about that good for nothing bomb on the street With no shoes on his feet, asking for change so maybe he could eat no good alcoholic, what the fuck's he doing free? No single change was given, it was taken. Black is beautiful, don't you ever mistake it. And I don't give a fuck what a racist is saying. We the history, we the future, we deserve celebration. An Australian boxer's in trouble for wearing a T-shirt bearing the Aboriginal flag into the ring for his first Olympic fight. Will Damien Hooper be punished by our team officials? Yes, Australia's team officials say they will counsel Damien Hooper against wearing the T-shirt and they have reported the incident to the IOC. On FBI Radio 94.5, you can get in touch on 0409 945 945 to let us know your thoughts on the tracks you've just heard. Stand for something... Freedom Rides, The Interlude, and Secondary, all tracks by Ziggy Ramo, Sydney rapper, and all tracks from his new album, Black Thoughts, which we're unpacking right here. My name's Maya Billick. I'm joined by Dan Gordon. Hi. Now, we've gone through the context of this record and basically how, despite being in the middle of a release for a totally different record, Ziggy Ramo decided, given uh, the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, internationally and locally that this was the time to revisit an album that he shelved five years ago and here we are unpacking black thoughts today this record is not only deeply personal but as you would suspect with an album titled black thoughts 
there are many different personal themes uh, Ramo unpacks on the album. Yeah, and this is really Ramo distilling his experiences growing up Indigenous in Australia, um, kind of sharing his anger and hurt. And it's pretty palpable across yeah. the whole the whole record. He's carrying himself in this Jay Z esque flow about him across the record and across the different samples of uh, different news clippings and different politicians talking and in particular earlier when you heard survival day the clippings of different people's takes on what the 26th of january means to them this whole record is ziggy ramo giving details to his life taking aims at the systems that have oppressed first nations people for over 230 years which is pretty compelling stuff yeah, and it's it's rightly uncomfortable, um, confronting, and not meant to be in any way a gentle listening experience, but that's part of the point, because by the same token, it's really powerful, educational, profound, and I feel like it's really necessary listening for all white Australians who want to learn and are willing to learn uh, about, you know, the history of this country and get a little bit more involved and have a bit more of an open mind. Yeah, and especially with everything happening at the moment, we're going to mention a little bit more about the rally happening on Sunday later. But if you've been engaged in the conversations going on uh, amongst friends, amongst family, whether they are comfortable or uncomfortable, one of the biggest things that I've learnt um, or really taken on is that this isn't a conversation that's going to end anytime soon. And if you want to make serious radical change, you have to make a commitment to learning and being uncomfortable and learning from that uncomfortability and taking that on and listening to uh, black and indigenous people talking through their struggles and what is wrong and really taking the time to listen to them. And one of the ways we can do that is by hearing uh, Ziggy Ramo in Black Thoughts unpack uh, colonial dispossession, systemic racism, intergenerational trauma, all in this formidable storytelling way that he has carried across this album. Black Thoughts is inspired by the experience of Ziggy's parents, the two in the cover art, and Ziggy is quoted, it comes from dad's stories, from his experience, from his father's stories. This album is culture. Yes, it's dynamic. It's a different form, but it's songline. We are an oral culture. We share stories, knowledge through stories. For me, it was really important that this album was framed within that context. And knowing that, to me, it's what makes the tracks that were put out on the Black Thoughts EP all the more menacing and really kind of hits you in the chest like, whoa, and, and forms this whole arc with this album. And, but I don't ever think that uh, that Ziggy uses those shock tactics purely as like a crutch. I feel like it's everything is really, really important and needs to be like that. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not shock for shock value, but it's very cleverly written lines and references that kind of hit you all at once and really make you realise, oh, God... Yeah, totally. And like on a, the, his delivery on a surface level might come across as really, you know, brash and aggressive. But once you break down exactly what he's talking about and how he's saying it, and then the context surrounding what he's saying, everything makes total sense. It's definitely one of those albums that you really want to sit alongside genius, analyzing, yeah. you know, every single line. And really kind of breaking it down in that way because it's definitely worthwhile. And I, th I feel like you'll get a lot more out of the album if you do that a few times while you're, you know, while you're listening to it. Exactly. And by doing that, you'll start to see the sense and the point beyond the surface of what tracks like April 25th really mean and how it isn't just bashing people who've put themselves on the line for someone's country. It's not the point at all. We've been listening to a few tracks off Ziggy Ramo underneath us while we've been talking. The song you first heard was Empire, and after that one, Fire. You're tuned in to For The Record. We're going to go into more of Black Thoughts right here on FBI Radio. This one's called Pressure.
I've been trying to black out But the color of my skin got them kicking me out What's that about? I'm too wild with the style of a young juvenile Sliding while I'm rhyming, I ain't never backing down Beat the beat so hard I turn that shit black and blue Life beating down and us so hard turning us blacks blue They getting away with black murder when they wearing blue Red and blue lights flashing black swarm we don't know if they shoot But for now I need a different kind of shot we constantly ply About to lose the pop but I ain't forgot what I gotta jot down To help my people out but sometimes I need it out Baby girl just hold me down I got pressure, pressure, pressure on my mind I got pressure, pressure, pressure all the time I got pressure Pressure, pressure on my mind I got pressure, pressure I need you by my side So just hold me down Hey, yeah Won't you hold me down Uh-uh, yeah So just hold me down Hey, yeah Won't you hold me down Uh-uh, hey, uh Cause really I do way too much with all this fuss I had enough I go ahead and call they bluff it's simple Simple I gotta do what I gotta do Really I be needing you Sure you need me too true Cause if we do this all alone Surely we be on our own Grown accustomed to you flown Back and forth across this globe I can never leave my home Till my people have been shown the quality Which we've not known since they came and put us in clothes Tripping if they ever think they catch me slipping I'm young black and gifted Gifted with the curse of overthinking Thinking that they catch me on thin ice like hockey, I know I'm on the road alone, but I look back and know you got me holding down. Pressure, pressure on my mind. I got pressure, pressure, pressure all the time. I got pressure, pressure, pressure on my mind. I got pressure, pressure. I need you by my side, so just hold me down. Hey, yeah, won't you hold me down? Uh uh, uh uh, yeah, so just hold me down. Hey, uh, won't you hold me down? Hey, hey. Fuck you all who despise the truth, you rather lies. I'm not willing to compromise. I chose to study, so I do this in my own time. My people's health needed help. I do this doctor shit for others. Do this music for myself. Keeping all this pain to myself, yeah. 
I won't tell nobody else, see I got some things, but I keep them on the low low, people think they know me, but they ain't really know though, there's a lot of things I ain't ever really spoken, I'm not open with the fact that I'm broken, I'm floating, lost like ocean, to be frank I'm hoping, that I'm living in a nightmare, and I'm soon to be woken, so I keep a surface level, people think I'm special, but they ain't never seen the mental, state of a young black man, with two feet in the grave, I'm trying to help my people, so I'm forced to behave, feeling like a puppet, scratch that, feeling like a slave, no I'm not brave, I ain't got no option, I do what it takes, so I hide when I'm angry, hide when I'm sad, I'm afraid to show the bad, I just show all the good things, good things, I just show all the good things, good things, I just show all the good things, good things, I just show all the good things, yeah. I never felt like I could be human Being with this purpose is so damn consuming So damn confusing I'm on the edge of losing everything Watch it all fall Watch me crumble I've never felt so small I never felt I ever had the space to recall Every wave of pain So I left it at the shore That was before I met you when you saw through it all You helped me pause on this waterfall You saw the good but you wanted to see beneath it You found strength in what I thought was weakness And you showed me that this nightmare doesn't have to be sleepless Your love woke me, now I could never pass you up like Kobe Baby girl, you my one and only Yeah, I never wanted to share what I thought was bad But with you I've never been so glad to share more than the good things Trying to get through all of y'all But you keep steady playing Donald Trump Building walls Yeah, I always here for something If I fall, then I crawl It don't matter how tall Man, that shit makes you feel small But that's that shit I don't like So get that shit like Game 5 You could call me Mike Jordan, I will let another black You feel unimportant I'm nation Drop the ball And this ain't no fucking Sparta Kids losing lives Seeing suicide As a better option And to keep the eyes open Man, we gotta be joking Hey. We gotta be joking, uh. I'm a black fella. Not a drunk, criminal, textbook, uneducated, unemployed, welfare dependent, slack fella. And if you try to tell me different, then you might just get a smack fella. Not that I condone violence. I just don't condone silence. And when you try to tell me about what it means to be an Aborigine with your stupid ass joke stereotypes and Discovery Channel mentality, I'm afraid I have to speak up and let you know about me. See, I ain't what you've seen in your travel magazine. And I haven't got the look from your history book. Noble? Maybe. Savage? No. Unless you're talking about my words and the way that they flow, but this isn't about stuff. It's about attitudes. It's about people who formulate their ill-informed views, who switch on the TV and then suddenly, out of the blue, they know all about me. Oh, he comes from that race involved in that car chase. It's such a disgrace what they do to the place. I mean, seriously, in this day and age, you want to learn about me, you need to learn to engage. Don't base your decisions on things that you see. Make up your mind by talking to me. I won't rob you or beg and I won't try to fight you. But if you're a man and you're hot, I might like you. Yes, that's a hint. I'm single. I am. I'm using my rhymes to try to get me a man. But enough about that. Because I'm here to teach, to beseech, not preach about the heights we could reach. If you stood by our sides and simply just talked, and if some of the time in our footsteps you walked, then maybe you'd see we're not young and free. We're ancient and chained from the stains that remain from a past that's never been dealt with because people don't get off their ass. Instead, they'll read articles, switch on the news, and somehow through media, the lies become true. Just like when people see a drunk black man on the street, and somehow from that, that black man becomes me. But the drunk white man who stumbles and falls, oh, he's not a reflection of a race at all. So open your mind, because perception's a lie. Learn what it is to not see with your eyes, because I'm a black fella. Not a drunk, criminal, textbook, uneducated, unemployed, welfare-dependent slack fella. And I'm trying to put your minds on the right track, fellas. So question yourself, challenge ideals, start a revolution. Are you part of the problem or the solution?
I've always known that I want to be a parent, but it's become apparent. I don't know if I could just be a parent. Havoc in this world got me thinking that I had it. Haven't even made it to 24, but I'm ready to be pushing carrots. Cause I don't want my son or daughter not to feel important. Cause the water ain't washing the blackness off their skin. No matter how light they are, I know they blackness run deep within. I won't ever let you tell them that they're secondary. Even though the elders haven't seen them like true men, yeah, it's very scary. Like this obituary that I feel for the truth can now become very handy. But I bite my tongue and I swallow my words. I let you have your two cents as you rehearse of what you heard about this inferior herd of blacks a day back before English was a common verse. But now we converse, but who comes first? In common verbs, we chuckle in English like Chuck English and converse. We were primitive, but yeah, you thought you ruled a flat earth. Nine poking sticks. I devoted convicts, but y'all conviction needs to be fixed. As simple as this. Don't get defensive about a black history that y'all persists just didn't exist. But I'ma tell my children everything they need to know. Aboriginal, black is beautiful. Aboriginal, black is beautiful. It is criminal to ever say otherwise. So I push through the pain for my kids' lives. Push through the hate for my kids' lives. Uh, for my kids' lives. Yeah. You might hate me. How do your kids feel? And if radio don't play me, your kids will. Our backs against the walls, we have hope still. See if I don't see change, my kids will. That's all the drive. I need to keep me satisfied. That's all I need to help me sleep at night. And for the meantime, I just keep writing. Freedom fighting, reciting the poems that I'm typing. Young black educated man, so enlightened. Tired of the liars when the truth's so enticing. And I have hope that the youth want the truth, the facts. All my bullets, I load a clip and I shoot. Uh, but goddamn, it's heavy sometimes. Wouldn't be honest if I didn't say I lost my mind. I find the times that I lose my shine. Crippled at the spine from bending backwards all the time. Uh, inspired by the fire that was lit by the freedom riders. Rest in peace, young Elijah. Taking too soon, he should have seen many moons. Taking too soon, I couldn't believe the fucking news. I'm yelling, rest in peace, Miss Dude. I couldn't believe what police did to you, uh. I won't let it happen again. Parents shouldn't bury their kids, this shit has to end, uh. So I'ma tell my children everything they need to know. Aboriginal, black is beautiful. Aboriginal, black is beautiful. It is criminal to ever say otherwise. So I push through the pain for my kids' lives. Push through the hate for my kids' lives. Uh, for my kids' lives. Yeah. Started out with pressure into good things. Interlude, Blackfella after that, and then kids were listening to Ziggy Ramo here on For The Record with his album Black Thoughts. Just before we get into the rest of the record, we're going to leave you here because the album closer is a pretty compelling 18-minute conversation between Ziggy Ramo and ABC Radio National presenter Daniel Browning where they muse on family, culture and history and learning uh, different parts of history and the impact of intergenerational trauma on Indigenous Australians. We want to let Ziggy speak for himself and we're going to leave you on that note but also wanted to remind you that the Black Lives Matter Stop Black Deaths in Custody rally will be happening at the Domain this Sunday from 1 to 3pm. Wear a mask. We definitely encourage you to head along if you aren't feeling sick in any way. We are still in the midst of a pandemic. Social distancing practices will be used. We're going to pop a link up on the program page for today's show as well. This next one's a long one, but definitely worthwhile paying attention to exactly what he's saying. It's a really, really enthralling 18-minute conversation. And kind of hypnotizing. If you want to listen back, you can head to fbiradio.com slash programs, hit the For the Record tab, or anywhere you get your podcasts, we will be there. We're going to leave you with the last track of Black Thoughts right here on FBI called Final Thoughts. Hey, look, thanks so much for doing this. The idea is to introduce you to the audience, but we want to talk about your music pretty uncompromising lyrics uh, yep. but there's a lot of 
what I what I really like about your music is it's so direct. Yeah. You cite your musical influences or your influences as Charlie Perkins and Gary Foley. And I think, you know, that question of palatability, you know, with hip-hop you can certainly, you can pull no punches. You can say pretty much what you like because the genre is known for that. I'm pretty much like a hip-hop nerd. I just, I, I live in, and breathe it. And I, I live and breathe words, essentially. So, you know, I'm very big into Shakespeare. I'm very big into my literature. But, you know, uh, like, if you look at Shakespeare today, you know, he's kind of kind of feared by students in high school because he just seems, you know, so beyond our level to kind of comprehend as, you know, teenagers looking to, to study him. And the thing is, is, like, when his works were, were being acted and delivered on stage, you know, like, 80% of the audience was illiterate. We look at it today outside of the context as being amazing, and obviously it's amazing work, but the correlation between, for example, Shakespeare and hip-hop is actually... You know, it's, it's very in conjunction with each other. And um, I think hip-hop is essentially, it's just, it's just a genesis of literature. You know, it's come from a long lineage. It's first kind of credited around the 1970s, but everything has a genesis. It, like, nothing just comes from thin air. Um, yeah. You know, and um, around the 1970s, that was when there was a massive influx of Caribbean immigrants in America. And... They had such a rich knowledge of education and they had this massive library and, and they had a caste system where different people had different roles in society essentially and, and they had uh, one role which was essentially to memorise just hours and hours and hours upon of poetry and it was to pass on knowledge around social issues and you've got some people that can recite a four-hour poem. It's phenomenal, you know, and that kind of experience came on the boats and then you know you also look at like for example like Etta James you know she was scatting and in the 30s 40s and that rhythm is a lot more aligned with what hip-hop is and I guess singing so yeah there's a long genesis and for me that really intrigued me and I really wanted to kind of understand it because before I was into music I was, I was very much into literature and, and very fascinated with words. I think I, I personally I probably write a little bit provocatively um, just because in my day-to-day -day life I probably don't have that freedom. Now tell us where you where you're from is the question I want to ask. Yeah yeah. Um, black, so, one black brother to another. Yeah we've just recently rediscovered that we have weak ancestry because Dad's grandmother, when she was taken, she was actually taken off country for a while. We thought it was kind of around Cape York area, but um, yeah, yeah, just recently, because mum and dad moved to Arikuna at the start of the year, um, where dad's principal and mum's teaching up there. And yeah, they, they rediscovered that actually, yeah, we have Wick ancestry, and, and dad's the first Wick principal, um, which is pretty amazing. On top of that, Mum and Dad's first teaching job out of Teachers College was in northeast East Land in Gapoya, um, on Yungla country. And they were adopted into the kinship and, and so uh, um, obviously when they had us kids we were born into the kinship so we were also lucky enough to kind of have that connection on, on Yungla country and you know that is as much as my family as, as any, anyone um, regardless of blood or you know like they've been such a big part of my life and, and I've been so lucky to have that connection to Aboriginality because, you know, that, uh, to that connection of culture. Yeah, um, and then pretty much just been moving around Australia, um, doing big circles between uh, Perth, the East Coast and Arnhem Land. I finished up school in Sydney and I just, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, uh, so I returned back up to East Arnhem Land and, and worked in communities with public health, with um, preventing chronic disease, and yeah, and then that's when I got passionate about health, so I ended up moving back to Perth, and, and that's where I'm based at the moment. You also have ancestry from the Solomon Islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Dad, um, yeah, he's uh, Indigenous and Solomon Islander, and um, yeah, so his Solomon Island ancestry brought across, um, it, which is crazy as well, it's like, it, it's crazy that this isn't more commonly known, but essentially um, what it's called is blackbirding, and yeah, it's, it's slavery. Um, so they were brought um, across uh, to Mackay in Queensland to work on the sugarcane fields. Um, and, and that's the, yeah, that's essentially like, <laughs> I guess that's what drives me, like it's, it's, it's pretty crazy to think, you know, like 
the sugar industry is such a big industry in Australia and it's something we don't even talk about, but the fact that it's founded on slavery, you know, and a lot of Australians are thinking, you know, we kind of love to say, like, um, lest we forget, especially like with the Anzac spirit, um, but then kind of as soon as it comes to Indigenous Australia or or anything, it's it's pretty quickly forgotten. It's amazing um, how, how few people know the story yeah. of the, you know, indentured, uh, well, basically organised, industrialised slavery that happened here, particularly yep. in far north, in north Queensland and northern yeah, New yeah. South Wales. Yeah, and, um, and Western Australia as well, um, north WA, um, uh, pretty rampant, actually, um, and a lot actually, of a lot of Aboriginal people have that heritage too. Like I'm, I'm one of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's like that's just I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy to think that like that just that disconnect. You know, like that's how can you have how can that kind of be happening? In um, I always kind of like to refer in inverted commas um, to us as a lucky country because it's just like. Um, if we want to present ourselves, depends that, who like, you depends who you are. Exactly, exactly. And, and I like at the end of the day, I, I love this country because it's it's our ancestry, you know. And um, it's just crazy to me to think that you know we have the oldest oldest people in the whole world, and it's not something we're proud of as a country. It's it's not something we we don't really celebrate just how rich um, the resources we have in in terms of culture. That's just that's baffling to me. That's something I've never, ever understood. Because I, I, I honestly believe, and I would like to believe, that, you know, good, logical, kind, compassionate people, once presented with the information, will kind of see the light. Because, you know, I don't see it as Indigenous and non-Indigenous issues. It's just kind of, are you a good human being issue? You know, like, how are you as an individual okay with the Howard government suspending the Racial Discrimination Act to pass intervention. There was genocide in this country, there was slavery in this country, and those those events didn't just affect the past, but are continuing to affect today. In Western Australia, the incarceration rate of Indigenous Australians is nine times the incarceration rate of Black South Africans during the apartheid. And how are, are we going to sit here uh, in the lucky country um, and and accept that. That is uh, that's disgusting. That is unacceptable to be happening in this country. It's just crazy to me. You know, even even the closure of communities, um, kind of throughout WA. Um, what a lot of people don't kind of um, understand about that is, it's like you know, the funding for Indigenous communities were, was a, a federal funding, and then the federal government decided that it would then be state legislation. So they gave all states a big lump sum of money to, to deal kind of with the financing and, and of these communities. So the WA government took that lump sum and then said, you know what, these communities aren't economically viable, totally disregarding the, the importance of being on country and the connection to culture. They didn't even have a plan, you know. So, like, if, if you're doing this for the children, what's the plan? You know, like, you're going to close these communities and then where are those children going to go? There was no plan. There was no plan. Zero community consultation. They were happy to spend $83 million on that rollout to invade uh, Indigenous people's rights. Yet, you know, that's seen as economically viable. That, and it, it's just... It's disgusting. It's, it's really, it's just so unacceptable that this well, is happening in our country. The intervention created a lot of jobs for non-Indigenous people in Indigenous communities. There's a huge, yeah. huge costs in administration of the intervention. We know that it's largely um, been a failure, but it's remains, yeah. it remains in place. And that's the thing, it's just been a change of policy. And if you actually look at what's really happened, like, you know, in the uh, 1990s, so 10% of youth suicides between ages 10 and 24 were Indigenous youths. And, and to make up 10% of, of all suicides when we only make 2% of the population is just outrageous. But that same statistic in 2010, we make up 80% of those youth suicides. And in correlation to the intervention, you know, after the implementation of that legislation, suicide increased in the Northern Territory by 500%. You've got children, you know, ages five recently suicide, you know, 
what child cannot, you know, see a, a viable option in life and, and they rather cognitively take their own life? Like, that is just unacceptable. That is... It, it, honestly, it makes me quite emotional just talking about it to, to think that, you know, we have children in this country that look at their experience as an Indigenous Australian and, and what they have to, to live for and they decide that it's not worth it. And that's just, that is just so, that is heartbreaking for me. And I think that's what a lot of Australians don't realise is that, you know, we're kind of forced to get on the horse and, and ride ahead and try and make this change. But, you know, sometimes it's just hard to to not have time to mourn because, like, these stuff is atrocious. Like, you know, obviously what was happening in Kalgoorlie recently, like, there was so much talk in the media and everything and I just couldn't believe the fact that people weren't actually realising that there was a 14-year-old boy. Like, he, he just died and he was never going to go home to his family. He was never going to grow a day older. And we were all trying to argue the semantics about what did or didn't happen and it was just like that's a 14 year old boy that's a a real life human being that is no longer here and you know we we are so normalized and and numb and conditioned to to kind of to not even budge an eyelid at that and that's just uh, that's that's um quite unsettling for me i i identify as Indigenous and non-Indigenous, you know, I cannot measure my blood in percentages. If I if I put my blood on a piece of paper, I don't think it's going to split up, you know. Like my arm isn't white and my head's black, you know. One, you know, it's it's all one, and so I identify as Indigenous and non-Indigenous. And the only, so I've I've kind of been privileged of, of seeing, I guess, the whole picture. Um, you know, I've been brought up very close with my mother's family, with my Scottish ancestry, and. I love, I love all of my family and, you know, my mother's not indigenous. I love, I love her to death, you know. Um, it's not at all um, an individual attack on an individual non-indigenous person. It's just looking at the confines of, of what has happened and, and the structures of society. But um, if you, if you look at like the first accounts of um, indigenous Australians in English literature, it was by William Danthier, who was a buccaneer is just kind of a nice word for pirate and um, his, uh, his kind of first encounters with Indigenous people that he wrote about in, in his book um, called a, a New Voyage Around the World um, it's really interesting because um, because they've never really been addressed it's been allowed to perpetrate um, for 200 years and, and those um, those ideas of, of what is Indigenous and what is known to be Indigenous by non-Indigenous Australians is perpetrated and it can be directly kind of linked to him. You know, if you if you look at his early writings, um, one of his first encounters with Indigenous people was uh, he got off his boat and he was um, met with some Indigenous people and he saw that they were all naked and so he put down clothes in front of them um, and in his mind that was his payment for them to then work for him and carry his water uh, but the Indigenous uh, Australians just kind of looked at the clothes and laughed um, and and what he writes about is that you know uh, you know they they stood like a, a, a group of monkeys laughing um, and they seemed like they weren't accustomed to carrying burdens and I was forced to carry the water myself. Um, and that attitude, you know, can be directly linked to events today. You know, like you, you look at that terminology, you know, monkey and ape, you know, it, you know, you only have to go back to 2013 when Adam Goods um, was called an ape. And I think what troubled a lot of people is that we as Indigenous Australians don't get to choose who racially abuse us or who racially vilify us. And he was brave enough to put a face to that discrimination and it really troubled a lot of non-Indigenous Australians that that was a 13-year-old girl. Um, and like you said, you know, because the other, the Indigenous is inherently wrong, then of course the non-Indigenous girl, you know, you know, it wasn't her fault, you know. And, and as Adam, and that's the other thing is just like... I cannot believe the backlash Adam Goods got because if you actually look at the way he handled that, you, you could not have been more of a gentleman 
you know, if you're paid to. Like he, he came out the next day, he said all he wanted was support and education for her because, you know, she's been conditioned and, and a part of a society that has, you know, seen her to call him an ape as something acceptable. And he, he spent so much time educating her and her family and, and the backlash is just, I just couldn't believe it. But, you know, you look at what a lot of non-Indigenous commentators were saying about Adam Goods and it was like they couldn't believe that he wasn't accustomed to carrying the burden of racism. Of racism.